Do you both know what time of year it is? It's fall time. Autumn. We're both wrong. It is pumpkin spice time of the year. Oh. Pumpkin spice chai tea latte time? Oh, yeah. Well, that is my preferred way of having pumpkin spice. That's, That's Is that your f- preferred type of pumpkin time? Chai latte, thai, chai tea latte time? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said. That you have a real voice for radio. <laughs> real you, face you speak, for radio. <laughs> you have real face for radio. You speak with no interruptions. It's always clear, always concise. So... If, if pumpkin spice isn't your cup of tea or cup of coffee, if you will, what is your favorite Thanksgiving or autumnal tradition or food? Well, I really like corn pudding, which... Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> corn pudding? <laughs> I was expecting this reaction. Let me explain. Corn pudding is this delicious thing that my great aunt makes every year at Thanksgiving, and it's got corn, and it's like an omelet, but it's not an omelet. There's red peppers, and it sounds gross, but it is the best thing ever, and I wait for it all year long, and then it comes around. It's the best time of the year. The most wonderful time of the year. It's not a, a beautiful dish. food. It's a delicious food. Presentation's not a strong food. But so it comes Nick, through. Well, then there you go. Nick, what's your favorite tradition, Thanksgiving mm. food or tradition? I like when hockey starts, if that's a tradition. Is it a Thanksgiving tradition? I mean, it starts at the beginning of October, but I mean, uh, <laughs> October, beginning of Thanksgiving, it's the beginning of Thanksgiving. They kind of go together. Maybe not on the exact day. Maybe not if you count preseason, but who counts preseason? What is preseason? It's before the season. It's not the beginning of the season. So what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? <laughs> I like potatoes. What kind of potatoes? Uh, with rosemary and gravy. Are we saying mashed potatoes? Like, yeah. Okay, because yeah. there are like a lot no, of it, Thanksgiving potatoes. No, if it's Thanksgiving, you're, you're, you're eating mashed, aren't you? Like, come on. I mean, some people are. Some people might not be. Some people might have scalloped. Really? Do you eat scallops on Thanksgiving? Sometimes uh, I go places that serve scalloped potatoes. Do you go there on Thanksgiving? So- <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. What's, what's your favorite Thanksgiving tradition, Robin? Oh, it's the mashed sweet potatoes that have the like caramelized marshmallows on top. But one half has marshmallows that are caramelized, and the other half has like Honey Nut Cheerios that are caramelized on top. And it's nice because then it's not too sweet. You can have like a bit of crunch in some of them. It's like the perfect, the perfect food. It's like dessert and warm and cozy all wrapped up in one. It does sound delicious, but that can't look much better than corn pudding. Welcome to Notice History, the podcast where we uncover the history all around us. As always, we're your hosts, Robin Mullins, Nick Bridges, and Keely McCabot. Have you ever wondered why Canadians celebrate Thanksgiving more than a month before our American neighbors? Could this be the result of our own unique history with the holiday, or perhaps just a happy accident? Today, we're going to explore the history that has shaped the Canadian Thanksgiving. We'll even explore the regional differences in what you can expect to eat depending on where you celebrate in Canada. So grab your favorite pumpkin spice treat and get ready to notice the history of Canadian Thanksgiving with us. American Thanksgiving, to summarize, is believed to have grown quote-unquote organically on American soil during the Plymouth Rock story, 
which describes a peaceful harvest shared by the Wampanoag peoples and the Pilgrim settlers in November of 1621. For the next 250 years after this controversial story took place, Thanksgiving remained an informal regional tradition that would take place on whichever day local authorities deemed appropriate. As a 2017 McLean's article by Christine Sismondo notes, Thanksgiving may never have evolved into the significant American holiday that it is today without the efforts of Sarah Josepha Hale. Hale was the editor of Gaudy's Ladies Book, a woman's magazine that, quote, promoted abolition, the white wedding dresses, Christmas trees, a focus on the family and domestic science, end quote. The magazine also championed for the elevation of Thanksgiving into a national holiday with a set date that would allow families to pray and celebrate together across the country. Hale would also write a book called Northwood, published in Boston in 1827, which heavily promoted Thanksgiving as a national holiday. During the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln and William H. Seward, the then Secretary of State, were convinced by Hale's arguments and established a national day of Thanksgiving, likely with the hopes that it would help unite the country. The Plymouth Rock story, which is rooted in community, hard work, and generosity, was eventually attached to this nation-building holiday. Very, very nation-building indeed. The first national Thanksgiving in the U.S. was celebrated on November 26, 1863, the last Thursday of the month. Quite different from the Canadian one, which is the second Monday of October. There seems to be quite a debate over who held the first Thanksgiving meal in North America and where we can attribute this event. The popular Plymouth Rock story that even Canadians seem to know better than their own encounters quite a lot of contradiction from historians at home. Surprise, surprise. We want to be there first. So we're going we're gonna to fight for it. Always. This, this seems like a good thing to spill ink over. <laughs> Fun fact, when I was in kindergarten, they dressed us up in the Plymouth Rock story. Really? Yeah, little five-year-olds. I was dressed as a pilgrim. A little buckle hat? Yeah, 100%. Little buckle shoes. Did they even try to make it Canadian? Oh, no efforts were made. (laughs) Canadian historians, as noted in the Canadian Encyclopedia and referenced by historical sites such as Black Creek Pioneer Village, claim the origin of Thanksgiving comes from a meal held by Sir Martin Frobisher when exploring the Northwest Passage in the Arctic in 1578, long before the notorious Plymouth Rock story in 1621. Although Sismondo expresses that because this meal, quote, involved tinned beef and mushy peas, this attribution kind of feels like a stretch. And I have to agree, because when you think about what Thanksgiving comes to represent, I mean, maybe they were having a meal that they were thankful for, and maybe they were celebrating being thankful for something specifically. But, I mean, tinned beef and mushy peas, that's not a holiday I want to commemorate. You you don't eat canned meat on your Thanksgiving? (laughs) No, I usually try to avoid it. (laughs) It's the one day a year. That I get a respite. <laughs> From canned meats. <laughs> That's so funny. References have also been made to Samuel de Champlain in Port Royal on November 14, 1606, when indigenous peoples and Europeans feasted together as part of what was known as the Order of Good Cheer dinner party series that was invented to make sure the colonists ate and drank enough to stave off scurvy and malnutrition. Sismondo goes on to emphasize that it is in thanks to the Mi'kmaq of the area that Champlain and his men survived their stay in North America in the first place. The Mi'kmaq taught the men how to ice fish and stave off scurvy by eating local berries containing a high concentration of vitamin C. To show his gratitude, Champlain invited some of the Mi'kmaq men to the November 14th meal, which, in addition to feasting, included musket firing and the first European-style play that was ever performed in North America. 
The story of communal feasting, which retains a central part of the message behind American Thanksgiving, can be seen in Canada as well through the stories of the shared meals that Samuel de Champlain established. In reality, Thanksgiving-style gatherings were established and in practice long before Europeans ever arrived on the continent. Although the specifics of rituals and celebrations differ from region to region, festivals and gatherings where people expressed their thanks for the bounty of the natural world were a common element of pre-contact societies in North America. Understandably, the history of Thanksgiving in North America remains controversial amongst Indigenous communities, regardless of which popularized story of its origin is being told. Brian Rice, an assistant professor at the University of Winnipeg and a member of the Mohawk Nation, discussed in an interview with CBC that Thanksgiving has its roots in Indigenous ceremonies where giving thanks was a central pillar for thousands of years, stating, All of our ceremonies, all of the things that we do, have to do with giving thanks. So the popular story of the pilgrims and the Wampanoag people sharing a meal promotes a positive message and image for the foundation of the Thanksgiving tradition. However, it unfortunately detracts from the poor relations that existed between indigenous groups and colonists at that time, and frankly, continuing on through history. Mm. I think it's a really good example of popular culture kind of glossing over the realities of a situation for commercial benefit in some cases. Oh, totally. And like... It's nice because people can think like, oh, well, it's not that bad. Like, look, from the very beginning, we always had a really nice relationship that was, you know, mutual. And we got to celebrate together and think about what it's all really about, being thankful. But that has nothing to do with how people are treating each other on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And it's also not even necessarily true. Right. So it just feels like one of those very... um, like mythological and propagandist maneuvers on the part of the country, which we've already talked about how Abraham Lincoln specifically wanted to use it to help unite the country in America. I mean, it's the perfect story to try to make it seem like everything's okay. And then, you know, if you feel okay being outraged when all of a sudden the indigenous peoples aren't happy with the way you're treating them. What are you talking about? We have Thanksgiving every year, one day, where we pretend everything's fine. It really plays into that idea, too, that pilgrims and colonizers were welcome. Like that their arrival and their existence and their continued presence within North America is a welcome, very, you know... A natural A very natural occurrence. Of course we came, but we were supposed to be here. And they welcomed us with open arms. And And there was enough for everyone, and we shared the bounty. Because of course we would share. What else would we do? We wouldn't do anything bad to these people. They're our friends. We're at a table together. Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the narrative of pushing, though, right? Totally. So. Yeah. And which, you know, is echoed again in the Samuel de Champlain story. Even there, you can see how badly the colonists needed the, the indigenous people, the Mi'kmaq people. They needed them for survival, which is the way it was. It wasn't that we came over and we were like, yeah, everything's great. And look, we're, we're thriving on our own. And you, you, you should be like kissing the ground on which we're walking. Of course not. We, oh, it's just it's so upsetting. It's really, like you say, romanticized, and it's, a, it's an invented tradition. Mm-hmm. As we've discussed, this has created a very complicated relationship for the holiday and Indigenous peoples. As Rice states, because for a lot of people it isn't a celebration, and certainly the original people who had that first Thanksgiving, the Wampanoags, and all of those other groups, the Powhatans, obviously not, many of them don't even exist any longer. Right, so they don't even have any agency to give their side of this story. It's not like we can go and find out what those oral histories are or, or speak to the, what's been passed down. It's, it's lost, and it's lost as a direct result of colonization. Mm-hmm. 
So then they become this immortalized figure in this story. And also, they become a licensing agent in mm-hmm. a sense. They give the colonists, uh, oh, oh yeah, you're welcome. You can come. And they're used as a figure to represent all other First Nations, regardless of where they are on the North American continent. Right, mm-hmm. like, they welcomed us. Remember, guys? <laughs> Remember? Remember how there's none of them left to actually corroborate <laughs> the story? Don't call them. <laughs> you can't anyways. <laughs> Awful. Mm. In line with many American groups that have sought to reclaim Thanksgiving for Indigenous communities, local Canadian initiatives have been established to create the same changes here at home. So one of the big things is bringing people together from both Indigenous and non-Indigenous backgrounds. Indigenous groups such as Ottawa's Odawa Native Friendship Centre have worked to bring awareness of the complicated history of the Thanksgiving celebration to a more wider audience. Odawa President Christopher Wong discussed with CBC how working in solidarity with their indigenous neighbors to the south could help bring about some changes they've made, such as the cities of Seattle that have in recent years named Columbus Day to be Indigenous Peoples Day. Canadian indigenous groups such as these continue to work towards bringing awareness to the history of the holiday and using it as a platform to recognize indigenous culture and to start discussion about indigenous history. So that's a bit of the history of the origins of Thanksgiving, but there's been a path kind of from those beginning origins to where we are today, because it's quite a leap, and there's been a a long time in between, even if, depending on whether or not we want to choose the Samuel de Champlain story, or we want to decide to use the Abraham Lincoln-approved one, both of those involve hundreds of years, so things have changed and morphed along the way. So the path the holiday took between the possible first celebrations, which we've now discussed, to the modern holiday shows a constantly evolving event that until 61 years ago lacked even the fixed date that we know today. Thanksgiving as we know it today stemmed from religious and nationalist movements that were taking place in Canada, both before and in the early days of Confederation, so when we were just becoming a country. In an article in the Toronto Star, historian Peter Stevens, a member of the Celebrating Canada Project, suggested that the holiday, like many celebrations, was largely shaped by special interest groups seeking to use it to advance their specific views of what Canada was as a nation. An example of this, uh, similar to the United States, politicians, businessmen, etc. in Upper Canada who were advocating for confederation were especially interested in promoting nation-building and national identity. The most prominent vision of the new country was a white Protestant Canada, which would marginalize Indigenous populations. In 1860, an organization known as Canada First was established, It championed events and institutions, like Thanksgiving, to promote, quote, a white Protestant Canada that celebrated family, farm, and religious devotion, end quote. As Sismondo points out by referencing the work of season, a key part of expressing religious devotion at this time was the belief that Indigenous individuals should be converted to Christianity. The country's peace and prosperity, therefore, quote, relied on a national resolve to Christianize and civilize the Indian, in other words, cultural genocide through residential schools, end quote. So is, would this be, you know, among the, the worst of the nation-building elements that you would consider, Nick? See, as far as my grand scale of horrible nationalistic holidays and things more generally, Thanksgiving's a bit lower because it is only one day a year, so people don't have to think about it. It's not like a national anthem where you've got to hear that all the time ad nauseum. But this event is so interesting from a nationalistic perspective because you can see how it really grows out of nativist roots. The same groups of people who try to 
in the early 20th century stop any kind of immigration from people of different racial backgrounds. So the same people who implement things like the Chinese head tax. And it's really not so different from a lot of the ideas that are being promoted today that are, you know, not super widely promoted, but are, you know, seem to be making a comeback in Mm -hmm. politics. And it's very unsettling, I would say, to see that it's existed for such a long time and that Thanksgiving may have been a part in those ideas. It's really going to change the way that I think about it this year. Mm -hmm. It won't change how delicious the pie is, though. I'm sorry. They can't take the food away. (laughs) All these horrible things that happen can't change my opinion on food. Well, that's what's so interesting about Thanksgiving, right? Is because at its its heart, it's something that all cultures do. They get together and eat. Mm -hmm. But the message behind the holiday itself and the reason for getting together, which people probably don't even follow anymore, but, you know, in certainly public displays in our society, you'll see these ideas that we're talking about really invoked. Well, it's complicated, right? Because Thanksgiving is about giving thanks, which Mm. is such an inherently good thing. It's really difficult to demonize it or or see the problems within it because it it just, the name of it evokes good things. Mm. But when you actually stop to think about, well, why is it a holiday? Mm -hmm. Why are we celebrating it? Where are the origins coming from? It's a lot less naive and innocent it, it has so many other things that are just wrapped up in it that I don't think that we can turn a blind eye to. And obviously it's, it's easy to, and, and I can understand wanting to just say, well, it, that's not what it is for me. But that still doesn't change the fact that the reason that it's a national holiday is largely in part to some of these ideas. Mm. And it's a tool. It's consistently used as a tool. It was used as a tool, and it is still used as a tool in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Nation building, identity building. You could argue that now it's a capitalistic tool. Everyone goes crazy and just buys a bunch of food, has a big party. You have to get the right tablecloth. What are you going to get people as a gift? You see in your family. So it becomes wrapped up in all these other things. So I think it is complicated. But as you said, Nick, you know, every culture kind of has these harvest fe- like celebrations of some sort. So... I don't think there's anything inherently wrong. And I don't think that's what you were saying, Robin, but I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with people celebrating the harvest. But to not acknowledge why we call it Thanksgiving, where it came from, is just irresponsible, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, exactly. I, I don't think that it's necessarily wrong to enjoy this holiday or celebrate it or, you know, have a good time and think that, you know, the way that someone is particularly celebrating it has anything wrong in, in what they themselves are doing. I think it's, possible and, and very easy for people to do this with the right intentions and to, you know, to make it about family, to make it about Thanksgiving, to make it about volunteering on that day. Mm. There's so many excellent and wonderful and good things that can be done on Thanksgiving, but that doesn't negate or erase the past that's inherently bundled up in what Thanksgiving is. So it's, yeah, exactly, mm. Keely. I think, um, I think it's still important to be educated about why something exists and why it's even being celebrated doesn't mean that we can't reclaim it. doesn't mean that we can't retool it for our own purposes and make it mean something better and something you know, more meaningful. It wasn't until 1957 when the government permanently set the date for Thanksgiving as the second Monday in October. This was announced by then-Governor General Vincent Massey, who said it would be, quote, a day of general thanksgiving to the Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed, end quote. By then, the domestic side of the holiday was established. 
Though there were many reasons for American Thanksgiving to be the more prominent of the two celebrations in the period, one factor could be attributed to the changing dates of the event in Canada. It seems as if Canadian Thanksgiving was a lot more fluid, maybe, than American Thanksgiving. So it was like this amorphous thing. So when it kind of settles, it has this, like American Thanksgiving has all these years on it as like an established holiday. Well, I think as with becoming an actual fully fledged country, Mm -hmm. so too did it take us, you know, a while to kind of find our feet and get comfortable with what we thought Thanksgiving should be and when it should be and what it should mean and how it should be celebrated. You know, I mean, it's, it's very Canadian of us to have taken so long and so many roots. And to not really make a decision, just kind of uh, float along and something will happen. <laughs> a decision will be thrust upon us. <laughs> <laughs> like the Boer War. <laughs> <laughs> like so many things. <laughs> so on to my favorite aspect of Thanksgiving. Mm. The food. Oh, yeah. Always. It's what I'm here for. Tin beef. <laughs> Tin <laughs> beef and mushy peas. <laughs> <laughs> get, get it. Get it in ya. <laughs> <laughs> get it while it's tepid. <laughs> Canadian Thanksgiving experiences differ not only from our American neighbors, but also within our own country as far as the different things that we celebrate, the different things that we eat. Across Canada, the Thanksgiving holiday can be experienced in many different ways that make the celebration unique to the provinces and territories in which people live. For starters, Canadian Thanksgiving is not actually an official statutory holiday across the entire country, as PEI, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland and Labrador all don't recognize it as such. And we apologize sincerely to all of you who are fr- who hail from those fine provinces. I'm so sorry. Too busy living that coastal life. Oh, yeah, I guess every day is like Thanksgiving when you live yeah. by the sea. Residents of Quebec will be more familiar with the name L'Action de Grasse, as the holiday is known in the French-speaking province. Thanksgiving is also thought to be less popular in Quebec than in other Canadian provinces and territories due to the Protestant roots and Anglo-nationalist associations Uh, which we've already explored a little bit of, you know, the idea of it being a a white Protestant Canadian and all of those different nationalistic backgrounds that came along with it. Understandably, it's not necessarily as as important and as big in Quebec, much as it's not as big in Japan. Hmm. Great song. It'll be interesting to see, though, if that is still the case, especially when you think about the market and commercialism just kind of defying borders and social borders, literal borders, language borders. And the, the need for a holiday. Just some time off to hang out with your family and your friends. Hang yeah. out by yourself. Do whatever you want. Like Victoria Day. I'm, I'm not a huge observer of like the specifics and the historical aspects of Victoria Day, but dang it, I really like having me a Monday. <laughs> you don't like celebrating the monarch's birthday? I mean, she's not even currently living no, no, it's for, uh, it's called Victoria Day, but it's actually to celebrate the current monarch's birthday. Well, see, I'm thankful that she's alive so I can have the day off. <laughs> she can keep having birthdays. I can keep sitting on my couch. <laughs> I don't sit on my couch. I can keep going to the beach. It's a beautiful day in May. I'm at the cottage. I can keep going to the cottage. <laughs> All of the regions across Canada have certain traditions associated with the holiday. Primarily, these are around the food served. Yes, please. <laughs> The food we commonly associate with our Thanksgiving celebrations was introduced to Nova Scotia in the 1750s, bringing the classic turkey, squash, and pumpkin integral to our modern-day festivities. So doesn't that mean that Nova Scotia should, like, doubly get to celebrate Thanksgiving if they gave us 
the origins of the food that we get to enjoy. They Maybe? should get two Thanksgivings. Oh, they should at least get one. They should get three bank holidays. Hashtag give Nova Scotia Thanksgiving. Hashtag free Nova Scotia. <laughs> Hashtag make it happen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I Hashtag get her done. <laughs> Citizens of Halifax commemorated the end of the Seven Years' War in 1763 with the Day of Thanksgiving, and Loyalists subsequently brought the celebration to other parts of the country. So cool. Breads with uh, Protestant Anglo-nationalism. Not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like knowing that a lot of these foods, these classic foods that I associate with Thanksgiving, are actually you know introduced from Nova Scotia and from the 1750s. There's a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. It also shows the growth of that loyalist community across the country, how they, they start in certain areas, but they really migrate and re-migrate around the world in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Thank you. Thank you for the potatoes and the turkey. So good. (laughs) Thank you for the pumpkin. Since then, the Thanksgiving meal has continued to evolve, incorporating regional traditions. In Western Canada, treats such as Nanaimo bars, my personal absolute all-time favorite, may be more present at your Thanksgiving feast. Whereas in Ontario, the butter tart continues to reign supreme. Mmm, butter tarts. Except with raisins. (laughs) Wow. Oh, yeah. And also, like, pecan pecan tarts, pecan pies. Oh, so good. Mm. So out east in Newfoundland, a meal known as Jig's Dinner might be served at Thanksgiving. This consists of roast pork, which sometimes substitutes for turkey, but most of the meal is boiled, and it includes salt, cod, and an array of vegetables. Also tossed into the pot is duff, which is a British-style boiled pudding. I don't know that I need to try this. I need to try this. Aside from regional traditions, over the years, the Canadian Thanksgiving meal has come to reflect the diverse heritage of those who live here, incorporating traditional dishes from around the world brought to Canada through its immigrant populations. One of the notable examples of this is in Alberta, where some 345,000 people can trace their roots to Ukraine. So pierogies are seen to feature in many a Thanksgiving family menu, which is just delightful. I love pierogies. Me too. Oh. I would easily have a Thanksgiving meal that is like primarily pierogies. Mm, I love them. I love cooking them up with sauerkraut too, mm. bacon and sauerkraut, onions, oh, Brussels sprouts, oh. the cheese filling. Oh, ultimate so food. Mm, so cozy. <laughs> I eat them once a week. <laughs> Get the big bag, right? Yeah. It's, it's the best deal. It's the best deal going, guys. And frozen pierogies. I make my own gluten free. No big deal. Uh, but no. You, but you also have to. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you don't have the big bag of frozen pierogies as an option. It's like five bucks. <laughs> I feel like I'm being ganged up on here. <laughs> this feels unfair. <laughs> I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> as we've discussed today, there's a lot of really complicated aspects to Thanksgiving as a holiday. Not only in its roots, but also in its roots in becoming a holiday that's observed at a national scale. And the ways that we decide to you know, commemorate it, or the ways that we don't think of it when we commemorate it, there's a lot there to be considered. So hopefully this year, as you're you know, roasting your turkey, creating your stuffing, having your pumpkin spice lattes, or whatever your Thanksgiving traditions may be, hopefully you can stop and think through you know, the origins of this holiday and what it means for a lot of the people who were here first, for the Indigenous communities, who are celebrating this in a very different way, or maybe specifically not celebrating this at all. Maybe look into the different ways that you could volunteer throughout this holiday. See how how you can make it meaningful for you. See how you can create good and give thanks in your own way. Because it is a great holiday, and it has so much potential, 
and it's about such a good thing. We want to try to reclaim it in whatever way we can. So here's to this year, and here's to the years to come, and hopefully you'll be able to create your own traditions that will help to acknowledge the complexity of this holiday in our past and within Canada's history. Notice History is a No History podcast. We are produced by Emily Cuggy and myself, Robin Mullins. This week's researchers were Leanne Getty, Nick Johnston, and Beth Solis. Welcome, Beth. You have a first-time researcher this week. With audio mixing done by Anna Kuntz and myself. For more information about the topics we covered today, as well as to check out our bibliography, stop by our blog at nohistory.ca slash podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can always email us at podcast at nohistory.ca or find us at Notice History on social media. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.